0: Greetings, passengers. This is your control tower at NorCal Intergalactic Starport. Reminding you that this episode of Call Sign Nerd is brought to you by listeners like you, our supporters at Patreon. If you'd like to be a supporter of this podcast, cruise on over to patreon.com slash nerd and join our crew today. Thank you. And now, prepare for your blastoff. On this voyage of Callsign Nerd, we'll be making stops at, birthdays, weddings, and more things owned by Disney, the only word you'll need when touring the Klingon homeworld, a literal truckload of Transformers lore, and much more! We've been cleared by the tower and our jump drive is hot. Callsign Nerd is ready for launch!
1: Well, greetings to all you sentient beings. And on behalf of our crew, we'd like to welcome you aboard Flight 2102 of Call Sign Nerd. It's Thursday, March 25th, 2021, and we'll be taking off from Earth orbit in just a few moments. But first...
0: I'm Captain Orson.
1: And I'm Orson's dad.
0: And we'll be your pilots for this episode of Call Sign Nerd, your faster-than-light crews through the best of this week's news and commentary from the worlds of spaceships, swords, and the supernatural.
1: So, sit back, pretend to pay attention as our mechanoid crew go through the safety briefing. Don't forget, they'll be demonstrating the proper. proper use of the seatbelt, just in case you haven't been in a motor vehicle since 1968, and don't forget that in space, everything can be used as a flotation device, as we take the helm. And now that we're leaving Earth's orbit, feel free to take a look out the port and starboard windows, and here's Captain Orson with this week's Points of Interest.
0: Well, if you feel like activating our view screen wiping apparatus, I think you'll find Marvel decided to sneeze all over our calendar.
1: Ew. Okay, well, now that I've done that, what does that even mean?
0: Well, Marvel took their Gatorade cooler of content where every single ice cube is a different project ready to publish, and then they dumped it over the head of their coach, Disney. (laughs) We were treated to the pilot episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series on Disney Plus last week, with episode 2 streaming Friday this week. We have just had an announcement of a Black Panther expansion for the Avengers video game called War for Wakanda do out later this year. Awesome, Wakanda forever. And Captain America celebrated 80 years in publication this month with a fantastic retrospective book available now from the Folio Society. You
1: know, Steve doesn't really look a year over 70. Or
0: 30, even. And speaking of landmark anniversaries, Lucasfilm celebrates its 50th anniversary of its wedding to Oliver's Earth's money this week as well and is commemorating the event with yet more action figures for us to buy. I don't know about you, but my wallet already hurts.
1: Oh, it definitely does.
0: Well, what do you think about all that Disney news, Dad?
1: I think that that Disney thing is a giant, giant octopus that, for some reason, I love anyway.
0: <laughs> That's my dad for you, folks. And speaking of things my dad likes, it's time for this week's Censor Sweep segment. Tell the folks how it works, Dad.
1: So each week, Orson and I run scans for media properties like TV shows, movies, games, and comics that just don't get enough love as far as we're concerned. So what's on your sensors this week, Orson?
0: So this week, my censors picked up a series of comics started in 1978 that's still going today called elf quest
1: ElfQuest. ElfQuest? That sounds like a bedtime story that Twilight Sparkle tells the other My Little Ponies. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. hear me out. It's an epic saga written and illustrated by husband and wife team Wendy and Richard Penny, set in a very original world despite the familiar sounding races like elves and trolls. That
1: does sound familiar.
0: The comics follow an elf tribe called the Wolf Riders who face prejudice and violence from tribes of fearful prehistoric humans and greedy manipulative trolls. Roles. Violence is good. Not really. They're suffering hate crimes. but Oh, oh the, that's no good. The tribe is driven from their forest home, and they venture out to rediscover the ancient ways of their ancestors in order to find their place in a world that seems to no longer welcome them. There's a ton of lore, and by no means is it for anyone unwilling to encounter adult themes of violence, non-traditional relationships, and complex trauma. Whoa. It may not be for the faint of heart, but it is totally worth exploring for the rich worlds it holds and the beautiful stories told within.
1: All right, fair enough. I'm in.
0: Cool. Well, how about you, Dad?
1: So, on my sensors this week, I detected a fantasy adventure film from 2007 called Stardust. Wait,
0: hold on. You brought something called Stardust to share and then said mine sounded like a My Little Pony story?
1: Okay, fair enough, but hear me out. It's based on the novel and the graphic novel of the same name by author Neil Gaiman who also wrote the screenplay for the film, in addition to other stories you might know, like Coraline and Good Omens. Oh,
0: I love those. Yeah,
1: it has a great cast, too, including perennial villain extraordinaire Mark Strong, plus Michelle Pfeiffer, Ian McKellen, Peter O'Toole in his final role, Ricky Gervais, a truly out-of-character turn for none other than Robert De Niro, What? and a young, pre-Daredevil Charlie Cox as the hero Tristan Thorne. It's been called The Princess Bride for the 21st century. And though this film is a touch more adult than The Princess Bride, Stardust is just as funny, warm, and full of magical wonder, and much more kid friendly than the book.
0: Wow, those are some pretty big shoes to fill, but a movie like that actually sounds like you could fill them, so I'm in.
1: It's one of my favorites.
0: So that's it for this week's sensor Sweep. If you've picked up an item you think we should sweep our censors over, message us on Twitter or Facebook at CallSignNerd or email your idea to CallSignNerdCast, all one word, at gmail.com.
1: Be sure to include where you're from and your first name, including how to pronounce it, so we can credit you. You could be on the next callsign nerd.
0: And now, friends, when you visit as many alien planets and alternate dimensions as we do, we have to be able to communicate with all the beings we meet there. Therefore, we now pause for this week's edition of Conlang
1: Cabin. Greetings, lovers of fictional languages. It is once again time for the Conlang Cabin, where we illuminate another invented word or phrase from a fictional language, also known as a constructed language, or Conlang. This week's item from Klingonese or Tlingnan Hol is the language of the Klingons from the Star Trek universe. Notable Klingons include Lieutenant Commander Worf of both the Next Generation and Deep Space Nine casts, Gowron of the Glory to You and Your House meme fame, and Kaelas the Unforgettable, whom we couldn't leave off the list unless we felt like being beaten to death by a bunch of Klingons. In Klingonese, the word for this week is the ever popular kapla, which means may you be successful against your enemies, or more briefly, just success. It is used along the lines of Godspeed or break a leg as a way to bid farewell on good terms. It's worth noting that as long as you're pretty liberal with your definition of the word enemies, this word kapla is an incredibly versatile gem that you should be able to use with literally anybody. Your kid has a vicious math test tomorrow? Wrong test answers are the enemy, so give him a hearty kapla. Ready to ask for that promotion? Your boss's reluctance is the enemy, not your boss. So, get out there and cling on the heck out of everybody with Kapla.
0: And that's it for the Conline Cabin for this week. Until next time, Kapla!
1: And finally, we come to this week's Deep Scan, where we ponder the obscure, puzzling, and incredibly nerdy questions that our fans raise about our favorite fictional universes. This week's Deep Scan was sent to us from an anonymous fan going by First Aid 5052, and it's from the world of Hasbro's juggernaut franchise, the Transformers.
0: As you might remember, the Transformer called Optimus Prime is a giant humanoid robot who changes into a big rig truck with a trailer full of laser weapons. But every time he changed from robot to truck in the original animated series from the 1980s, his truck trailer seemed to just roll in from out of frame. And it was the same thing when he changed back. The trailer seemed to just roll out of the shot. So, First Aid 5052 asks, Where does Optimus Prime's trailer go when he's in robot form?
1: Okay, so Orson, you did the heavy lifting on the research for this one. What did you come up with?
0: I actually had a lot of background on this subject, so. Thank you to First Aid 5052 for playing to my strengths! The funny thing about any Transformers lore question is that the answer always depends on what continuity you're referring to because they all have different answers to the same questions you have to ask, like where do new Transformers come from and is Prime Optimus's last name or does it mean something special?
1: Do we have to ask that?
0: Well, I do. Anyway, this question's wording tells me they're talking about the cartoon from the 1980s, though, and there is an established answer for that version of the Transformers universe.
1: This is some intense fan personing, even for you.
0: See, that's just the thing. The answer was made by fans. Really? Transformers' parent company, Hasbro, has a habit of hiring longtime fans to work on the franchise and contribute their concepts, and that was exactly the case for two writers named Greg Seppelak and Trent Troop. In 2008, they wrote the prose story Gone Too Far for the Transformers Collectors Club comic subscription service. In that, they explain that many Transformers have a subspace storage pocket that allows them to store anything from a wrench they don't feel like holding anymore all the way up to excess mass in order for them to change size. Whoa. That idea was then used to retroactively explain flashes of light surrounding various characters from the 80s cartoon when they seem to magically have or not have objects, including Optimus Prime's trailer. It disappears along with his arsenal into a pocket dimension he can recall it from at any time.
1: Wow, that is really... Awesome? ...niche is what I was going to say. So basically, folks, what Orson seems to be pretty much saying here is that Optimus Prime gets his trailer from the same place that Bugs Bunny gets his anvils and sarcastic cardboard signs and those black spherical bombs that already have their hissing fuses lit that's pretty much it yeah <laughs> anyway if you'd like to have us explore a thorny topic from your favorite spot in the nerddom galaxy let us know in a twitter or facebook message or send us an email be sure to include where you're from and your first name including how to pronounce it so we can credit you in the meantime
0: i'm afraid we're beginning our descent back to earth on this episode of Sign nerd which is a production of bearhaven broadcasting if you'd like to support this podcast please look for Sign nerd on patreon and join our crew today After all, jokes this bad don't write themselves. No kidding. Nerd has new flights departing every other Thursday, and until then, I'm Captain Orson.
1: And I'm Orson's dad.
0: Saying live long and prosper, and may the force be with you all. Right, Dad? I am the law. Ugh.